God is awesome. Amen. He is worthy. We're going to continue to teach in that I have been teaching on dealing with being separated from strife. And I think this teaching will help all of us if we take it to heart. And I want to start again with Abraham and dealing with Lot. Because I believe the more that we go over this, we'll be able to see ourselves. Amen. And it's a good thing to know about what's going on within us. Because whatever's within us is going to come out of us. How many know that? It's going to come out eventually. Sometimes we try to hold things in. But the more we hold it in, it creates a big explosion. It reminds me of a Coca-Cola. When you have a Coca-Cola bottle and you shake that thing up, when you open it up, what do you have? You have an explosion, and that's just how we are. Sometimes we try to hold things in and we think that we can handle it, but then when something else pop up, guess what? It becomes an explosion. So let's look back at um, in Genesis 13, verse 5 through 9. And we're talking about Abraham and Lot. And we know that Abraham took Lot with him, in which he should not have taken Lot with him. And we see when Abraham departed from Lot, we see how things began to happen in Abraham's life. But what happened was in um, Genesis 13, 5 through 9, we see that Abraham had a lot of herds. He had a lot of possess, possessions and substance, and Lot had a lot. So his herdsmen, Abraham's herdsmen and Lot's herdsmen, they were having strife amongst them. And that strife was coming in because of what they had. I don't know. I I told y'all last um, Tuesday that when people began to come together and stay in the same house, I'm going to use husband and wife, always use husband and wife. When a person is single and they get married, and somebody move into their home, they're used to the way things were before they moved in. So when all this stuff began to come together, what are you going to end up doing? Having strife. Somebody's going to end up saying something about, why don't you get rid of this? Why don't you get rid of that? Well, I got rid of this. You need to get rid of that. So it's going to be some contention. It's going to be some arguments because you're not used to living with that person. You were used to living by yourself. So they had so much substance amongst them, it was causing a quarrel. Someone have to be the humble one to solve the disagreement. Someone have to come in and humble themselves. So this is what Abraham did. And the reason why Abraham did it is because they were on um, that land with some enemies, with the Canaanites and the Perzites. They were on that land. So Abraham was letting them know their way of dealing with things. And it's not the same way that the enemies would have dealt with that. So Abraham stepped in with Lot. And he told Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. So look how Abraham handled that. He humbled himself. And in order for us to get rid of strife amongst us, somebody have to humble themselves. Somebody have to walk in meekness. The first thing we got to understand, y'all, it's not about us. It's all about representing him. And when a person do not want to humble themselves, it's because they're full of pride. They full of self. They want people to know it wasn't my fault. It was their fault. 
We're not looking at who fault it was because when we go back to Galatians 6, 1, what does it say? If you find a brother, let's read it. If you find a brother in fault, it tells us how we're supposed to handle that. If we find someone in fault, let me turn to it in the word of God, in the word of God. Galatians 6, 1, it reads, The word will let us know what to do and how to do it if we go into the word of God. It said, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. Let's stop right there. Brethren, we all brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. So when we go to that brother or sister that is caught in a fault or whatever that fault may be, we come to them in humility. We come to them in kindness. We come to them in meekness. We don't come to them trying to throw off on them. We come to them and we let them know that fault so we can build them up, not tear them down. So if we don't go to our brother and our sister about that fault, what are we doing? We're allowing our brother and sister to be in something that they should not be in when we should be the one to what? Restore them. That's what the word of God is saying. We do not walk away from our brother or sister when we see them doing something that's opposite to the word of God. When you walk away from a person that you see sinning or have a fault, then you're really agreeing with that person. But you're supposed to restore them in humility, meekness, and kindness. So Abraham here, he didn't let it go. He recognized what was going on. And Abraham began to tell him, he said, Abraham said to Lot, there should be no arguing between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine because we are brothers. Look how he solved that. He was doing it in humility. He said, this shouldn't be happening between us. We are brethren. So in the body of Christ, it should not be happening between us because we are brethren. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't do like the world does. So in order for us to resolve something, we resolve it with the spirit of humility. That's what Abraham was doing. Look how he reminded him first. He said, this should not be amongst us. He recognized what was amongst them, and he said it should not be amongst us. So I'm asking you tonight, if you see someone that's in strife, that's arguing, do you just walk off and don't say nothing? Or do you confront your brother or sister? Somebody can answer. You're supposed to confront them. And when you're confronting them, you're making them aware of what's coming in between us. See, the enemy does not want us to make one another aware what's coming in between us because guess what if we don't then he's being exalted he's being praised some people say well I'm just gonna pray about it when you know what the word of God says you don't have to pray about it because you already have your answer now you might want to say Lord help me to approach them in the way that I need to approach them. But you don't have to go home and pray for 20 days. Or you don't have to fast for 20 days to go to that person. Some people say, well, you don't know how that person is, but God does. So when your heart is right, when your heart is right before the Lord, and you go into them in a humbling state. Now, you can't go to them in a prideful state. 
Because Abraham, when he went to him, he humbled himself and he said, this should not be between us. We are brethren. He gave him the answer. We shouldn't have this quarreling. We shouldn't have all this between us. So Abraham, he come up with a solution. The problem was the land was not big enough to hold both of them. So Abraham humbled himself and he looked at Lot. He said, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. Abraham was letting him know, it don't make me no difference. You choose the way you want to go and I'll take the other way. Is that not a humbling state? So he humbled himself because he trusted God and he was acting according to what? The word of God. But I want you to understand, even though Abraham humbled himself and him and Lot separated, guess what? It was nothing in between them. How do I know it was nothing in between them? Because when Lot got captured and Abraham found out that he got captured, what did Abraham do? He went to rescue Lot. So even though, you know, you separate yourself from that person, you are, this right here was dealing with the land. They were separating themselves because it wasn't enough land. They didn't hold anything in their heart against one another. What am I saying? The church is holding too much in their heart against one another. They're going their separate ways, but the heart ain't right. Let's go back to Matthew the 11th chapter with what Jesus is saying and how Jesus was. Y'all know Jesus went through a lot when he walked the earth. And being that he went through, he know that we can get through what we're going through if we follow his example. In 1129, listen at this. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This is the first thing that we need to do. We need to learn of him. And if we don't learn of him... We're going to act like everybody else is acting in pride and in, and in strife. He said, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So we're supposed to learn of him. We're supposed to do what he would do and not what our flesh want us to do. So that's what Abraham was doing. He was doing things the right way. He was not doing things according to the way the world would do it. Because you know what the world would do. Some people would get a gun. Some people would get a knife. Some people would use their fists. Some people would just keep fussing back and forth until someone gets hurt. But Abraham didn't do that. He said, this should not be between us because we are brethren. So we as, as church folks should not allow strife to be what amongst us. There has to be somebody walking in humility to say, wait a minute. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. This should not be. Sometimes people say, well, I'm staying out of it. It ain't got nothing to do with me. But if you see two brothers and sisters in a heated argument, what you have to do, say, wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. Stop right there. Do you know who you are now that we're in Christ? We have to, you know, do it in the spirit of humility and meekness. If they're not going to calm down, somebody got to step in that's there to remind them who they are now that they're in Christ. But you know what some people say? Shut up. That's none of your business. May not be your business at the time. But if the Holy Spirit is unctioning you and you're walking in the spirit of humility, then you have to remind your brother and sister who they are. If they are in a fault, what you're going to do, you're going to come in the spirit of meekness 
and you're going to build them up and you're going to let them know what that fault is. So we as brothers and sisters in Christ don't walk away from strife. We deal with it. Remember I said, if you have ought against your brother or your sister, who do we go to? We go to them. Do we go home and pray about it? Let me tell you what happens when we go home and we wait. It builds up. Have y'all noticed that when you say, I'm just going to pray about it, it'll get better. The enemy is still talking in your ear. They know what they said. They know how they embarrass. They know how they embarrass you. They know how what they did and how they did it. They wanted you to look bad. And then you agreeing with your adversary. You agreeing with them instead of, see, sometimes people don't recognize what they say or how they say it. And you may be right there listening, and sometimes we have to stop and say, can I see you for a second? Say, maybe it was me, but this is what I perceive from you. You telling them, if they don't want to accept it, guess what? You done your part. But we don't just walk off and let that stay like that because guess what? It's going to keep building up. So if somebody else do something else to you, guess what? You're going to lash out at them. You're going to launch out at them and it's going to be worse than what it was before because you didn't deal with it the first time. We have to deal with these things because whatever seed you plant and that seed begin to grow, that's what's going to come up and out of you. So let's look at another one. God showed me this one. It was dealing with um, in Acts 15, and it's dealing with Paul and Barnabas. This is what was happening with them. Paul and Barnabas, they were going on um, journeys together. They were preaching the gospel. And Paul told Barnabas, he said, let's go back. This is Acts 15, 36 through 41. He said, let's go back to visit the believers, the brothers and sisters in all those towns or cities where we preach the message, the word of the Lord, and see how they're doing. So Paul said, I want to go back and I want to revisit these places that we preach the gospel. So this is what Barnabas said. He said, okay, but let's take Mark with us. But Paul said, no, I don't want to take him with us because when he was with us on the um, when we were on these journeys, he left us. So I don't think he should go with us. The Bible says that the contention, the, um, let me get the right word that it was saying that was between them. Paul and Barnabas had such a serious argument, sharp desert disagreement about this that they separated and went different ways, parted companies. Think about it. Paul said, no, he cannot go with us. Barnabas said, I want him to go with us. And the disagreement was so sharp that they departed and they went different ways. Guess what? The gospel still was preached, but they could not do it together. Why? Because they had a disagreement. Now, when you look at that scripture, it's contradicting what I just told you about how Abraham he solved it right then and there. He told him, this is what we need to do, right? But Paul and Barnabas, they solved it too. They did not hate each other, but they knew they had a different of opinion, but they were not going to stop the gospel from being preached. The word of God tell us in 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Now this is going to um, look at both Paul's side and it's going to look at Barnabas' side. 
Both of them was right. First Thessalonians 5.14 says, We ask, urge, exalt, encourage you, brothers and sisters, to warn, admonish, rebuke those who do not work, are idle, or are undisciplined. So that's what Paul was doing. Paul felt like he can't travel with us because he left the work. So Paul considered him as idle. He didn't finish the work. But look at how Barnabas considered him. It says, encourage, comfort the people who are afraid and faint-hearted, discourage, help those who are weak, be patient with everyone. So both of them was right. But being that they could not come together, see, Paul was saying, no, he was idle. He left the work. So Paul was rebuking him. But then Barnabas come in. He was going to encourage him. He was going to be patient with him and say, let's take him again. So both of them was right, but they could not come together in agreement. So what did they do? They continued to preach the gospel. They took, um, Mark went with Barnabas and Paul went with Silas. So the gospel was still preached. What am I saying? Sometimes people will have disagreements and both sides are right. But when they can't come together in that agreement, we do not stop doing the work that God called us to do. So if you have a person that you're in disagreement with, y'all on the same team, you don't get off that team. You might just need to work with somebody else because y'all not coming into it. Did anybody hear what I said? Because you're not coming into agreement. That don't mean you quit because this person got a different opinion than you. I'll, I'll say this. Let's say we're doing decorating. I'm going to use Julia. Julia is saying, well, you know, I think that purple will be better. And then Kwana say, no, I think I want blue. So both colors are good, but they just can't come into agreement with those colors. Julia won't let down off the purple. Kwana won't let down off the blue. So both of them are going back and forth. Julia, I want purple. No, Kwana, I want blue. Julia, no, we're going to do purple. No. And then all of a sudden they say, I tell you what. Kwana say, I use blue. You use purple. They still doing the work. Is that correct? They're still carrying out what need to be carried out. Except it's two colors being incorporated, right? The work is getting done. But let's say, um, Kwana say, you know what? Use your old purple. I don't have to be on your team. I ain't even want to do this no more. Use your old purple. I don't want to be with you. What is that leading to? It's leading to strife. But when you have two different opinions, you don't let strife come in with those opinions. You just say, you know what, Julia, use your purple, I'll use my blue, and I believe it's going to come together and work. We're still going to do the work of the Lord. Come on now. So that's how we have to solve these issues. We don't give up on what God gave us because we don't like what somebody said or we don't like the way this person do it because we do it better. That's how the enemy come in and separate and cause division when we think we are always right. Somebody have to humble themselves and say, you know what, if that's what you want to do this time, go ahead and do it. Just like Abraham, because we don't want no strife in between us. Either way, we're doing the work of the Lord, right? 
So that's how we should do things. We need to recognize strife when it comes in the house of God, and we need to deal with it instead of sweeping it under the rug and then pulling it out next time we need it. So another scripture that God showed me dealing with strife, go to 1 Corinthians 3. And this is the one that I see that's happening in the church. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1 through 9. I'm going to read it out the expanded Bible. Paul is talking again. He said, brothers and sisters, in the past I could not talk to you as I talked to spiritual people. Y'all catch it? He said, in the past I could not talk to you as I talked to spiritual people or people who have the spirit. I had to talk to you as I would to people without the spirit unspiritual, carnal, fleshly people, babes, infants in Christ. The teaching I gave you was like milk. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, because you you were not able, not yet able to take solid food. So, and now, even now, you're not ready. This is how Paul knew they were not ready. And I want y'all to pay attention to this scripture. Paul went to them and could not give them um, advanced teaching. They were still on basic teaching. And the reason why, I'm reading out the King James now, verse 3 says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are ye not carnal and walk as men? When you go into the house of God and you see people that are in strife, you see people that are in envy, and they're walking in that, and they're not doing nothing concerning that. They're carnal Christians. That means you're not ready for solid food because you're still acting like carnal Christians. You're acting fleshly. So if you see somebody always acting fleshly, always talking fleshly stuff all the time, it's all about them, then they're walking as carnal Christians. So Paul said, I can't give you advanced food because you're still in this place. And the place that they were in, y'all, there was a polis. This is why they was like that. For while one said, I'm a Paul, another said, I'm of a, of a polis. Are ye not yet carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man? So you had a side that was going with Paul. You had a side that was going with Apollos. And Paul said, you're yet carnal. He said, you're walking in the flesh. You shouldn't have someone saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos or I'm of Apostle or I'm of Manny or I'm of Quan or I'm of Julia. We're all one in the body of Christ. All of us make up the body of Christ. We don't try to say, oh, I'm going to listen to Apostle, but I'm not going to listen to Evangelist Newton. Oh, I'm going to listen to Tyson, but I'm not going to listen to Brother Willie. You don't do that. That means you're carnal. That means that you can't even be advanced in the kingdom because you stuck on who you need to listen to. All of us make up the body of Christ. Every joint supply. And when we all come together on one of accord guess what all of us are serving the same God so he was saying you can't be doing this in the house of God everybody has a position in the body of Christ the hand has something it need to do the foot has something it need to do but when all of that come together we make up one body 
God has set in order everything the way it needs to be set. Okay, I'll say on your jobs. We know that Manny delivers the mail, right? So when Manny's delivering that mail, Manny, you have someone over you, right? Is that the postmaster? Okay, that postmaster make what? The decisions. Is that not right? Who's under the postmaster? The station manager. What does the station manager do, Manny? And then who's after the supervisor? Okay. How many people is that, Manny? Okay. So you as a carrier, if you got an issue, are you going to go directly to the top dog? Wh- who are you going to go to, Manny? You're going to go to the supervisor. Let's say you skip the supervisor and you go to the top dog. He's going to tell you or she's going to tell you, did you talk to who? And you're going to talk to who? You went over your supervisor head, so that makes you what? And that makes you what, Manny? And carnal. It's like you ain't been taught. You've been in that company, but you haven't been taught because you going over what that company laid out for you to do. Did everybody catch that? So just like in the body of Christ, God has laid things out the way he want them to be laid out. That's why we have structure in the body of Christ. I'll give you an example of structure. Go with me to Acts. And let's look at Acts, I believe. It's the sixth chapter. Listen at this. Acts 6. And in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. So y'all see what was happening on. There was some mumbling. There was complaining going on because the widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Now check this. Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out amongst you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So what actually, this is when the deacons was formed. So what happened when all these complaints was coming The apostles, they were in the word of God and in prayer. They said, we shouldn't leave out the word of God and in prayer. I want y'all to look for some brethren amongst you. That mean amongst the disciples, amongst the followers of Christ, the ones that's full of the Holy Ghost. See, it's some things in there that these people had to have in order for them to select them. They found these people. They selected them. They handled that situation. 
The apostles did not have to leave the word. They did not have to leave prayer because they trusted them with that task. Do y'all see how order is? So with them complaining, they could handle those complaints. How could they handle those complaints once they were chosen? They knew the word of God. Y'all come on. When you know what the word of God says, there is nothing in the body of Christ that you cannot handle and you can handle it without strife and without offense because you're doing it according to the word. It's simple. The word is your answer. Anything that you're going through, you go to the word and you search the word and you say, Father, Holy Spirit, show me. It will keep strife. It will keep division. It will keep offense. It will keep everything out of the body of Christ if we do what we're supposed to do in the order that God calls us to do it. This is what I, okay, Manny, I'm going back to you. Y'all have structure. The way things are lined up. I'm, I'm going from 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Remember, y'all, I told y'all last week I'm getting deeper into this to give you more examples so we can see ourselves. Now, when you go to your supervisor, your supervisor may tell you something that you don't feel is right or the way that you feel it need to be done. Correct? How would you handle that, man, if you went to your supervisor and you're telling them, okay, this is going on, and your supervisor is advising you another way? How would you accept that way? Okay. Okay, let's say you're telling them this don't line up with the contract. But your supervisor says, this is what I want you to do. How would you handle that? Stop right there. Why would you do what they told you to do? So you are being obedient to that supervisor, even though you know what that contract is saying, he overrode that contract. So you you humbled yourself and said, okay, because you knew it was nothing that was going to bring you harm. You know what I'm saying? So you obeyed him. After you obeyed him, did it come back on you? Because you did what he told you. Where am I going? In the body of Christ... Sometimes we don't understand why a person say what they say. And the only way sometimes you understand a person's language and saying what they say is, I'm talking about the body of Christ, you have to be in here. You're not going to understand my language if you're never in the word of God. You're only going to understand the language of the world, not the language of God. We're kingdom citizens. So if I said something to you, maybe I see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Maybe I look at um, Terry back there and I say, Terry, this is what the Lord is telling me concerning you. So Terry come back at me and say, well, that's not me. So he's saying God is lying. Correct. 
That's not me. So I humble myself and I say, Terry, the only thing I can do is tell you what the Lord is showing me. It's up to you to accept it. And if you choose not to accept it, it's not on me. It's on you. In the conversation, I don't have to beg him to take it. I just give it to Terry. But let's say Terry keep coming up at me and say, now, I know I ain't that way. I don't know where you got that from. You need you need to go and come again. I humble myself before Terry. I say, just like I said, that's what the Lord say. And I go on about my business. I don't sit there and argue with Terry. Because the more we go back and forth, back and forth, guess what? I'm acting just like Terry, fleshly. You have to leave that alone and allow God to deal with Terry. This is what we do. So this is why when God gives you a word... And if he's giving you that word to give to somebody, if they're not in the word of God, some people ain't going to accept what you're giving them. That's going to bring strife. That's going to bring discord because they're not where you are in the word of God. That's why the body of Christ have different opinions when it comes to setting up different things. Because if a person has prayed over something and God has given them that, who are you to say God didn't give it to them? If you ain't allowing them to go forth in what God said. If God said bring a donkey in here for the anniversary. There's a reason for the donkey. Y'all got to understand that. If God told a person to bring a donkey. They may not understand why they bringing that donkey in here for that service. But they being obedient to God. And then it's not for us to say. Well it's me. You not bringing that donkey up here in the sanctuary. I have to go home and say God wait a minute. Now, they're saying, you said, bring the donkey. I'm going to humble myself on this and let them bring that donkey. And I pray, Lord, you got something to say concerning that donkey. That's what I have to do. But why would I trust that person? I'm going to tell you why. Because I know that person is in their word. I know that they're in prayer. I know about that person. I know them. I know their character. That's how I trust that person. They have never led me wrong. So I'm saying, come on with the donkey. I trust you because I've been watching you. I've been watching your character. I've been watching how humble you have become over the years. So I trust you in that. So when you watch people, you can tr- that's why they say look for the ones that are among you. And they gave the characteristics of the ones you look for. So we can get rid of strife, y'all, if we can trust the people that we're with. Because we know they're not going to lead us wrong. Just like my husband. I have been with him for 30 years. Is that right? Yeah. He get that right more than I do. 30 years. So I know he won't do nothing to hurt me. So I trust him. But let's say that it's something he's telling me to do and I just got out of prayer and the Lord is telling me, y'all don't need to do that at this time. So I have to say, okay, Lord, how do I tell my husband this? Show me how to come to him with this. So the Lord showed me how to come to my husband and tell him why we don't need to do it at that time. And my husband said, okay, we don't have to do it. Look how simple that was. Because I went to God and he trusted God that's in me. So this is why, y'all, we need to be in the word to know what the word is saying. And then we won't have all this strife and all this division amongst us because we're hearing from God and we're not hearing from the flesh. We're not walking fleshly. 
And that's what Paul was saying. He said we shouldn't be looking at different people. We should be looking to God. He said there's one plant, one water, but who gives the increase? God gives the increase, and that's how it should be, y'all. We should be getting everything from God. We should be trusting the God that's in that person to know I trust them because I see their character. So what I want us to learn out of this dealing with strife is how to deal with it. We don't walk away from it. Now, at times, you might have to walk away from people because some people, they'll be ready to knock you out. But in some situations, you got to be like Abraham. You got to be like um, Paul and Barnabas was. They had to separate, but the gospel kept going. We want to keep God's work going, and we want to get strife from amongst us. That's why we go to our brothers and sisters and say, if I've done anything to offend you, whether you feel like you haven't or not, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to take away from what the enemy want to put in between y'all somebody got to humble themselves y'all it takes humility but i believe the problem with the church is we're scared to go to certain people because we don't know how people are going to receive us but if we do what god tell us to do it don't matter how they receive us because we're doing it unto him and not unto man so we have to get rid of strife within the church if we want to move forward with what god has given us to do let me give you this Hatred causes strife. Hatred causes strife. Proverbs ten twelve says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Hatred, y'all. You can have hate for someone. You hate that person so that it brings up strife. And when you know you got hate in your heart, it didn't start overnight. It started from something that person said, that person did, and it builds up. And when it builds up, you don't even want to hear what that person has to say, even if that person is speaking truth. So we need to understand that. I'm going to give you another one dealing with hatred. Not only stirs up strife, but it produces murder. Go to Mark 6, 18 through 19. Mark 6, 18 through 19. It says, for John has said unto Herod, is it not lawful for thee to have thy brother's wife? Therefore Herodias had a quarrel against him and would have killed him, but she could not. Now look at this. John was speaking the truth, and Herodias did not like what he said, what he said and she knew it was truth. She built up so much hatred against John for him speaking the truth Guess what she did? She wanted to kill him. She used her daughter to have him killed. Do y'all know that's what strife can produce? It can produce murder because there's hate in strife. So when you have hate in your heart against someone, you need to get rid of it because it will bring ill will towards that person. You wish that person was dead. You don't want to have nothing else to do with that person. Y'all, we need to empty ourselves of these things. And sometimes we say we don't have them, but eventually they show up and show out. They show up and show out in marriages. They show up and show out on jobs. They show up and show out in the church. And we need to get rid of it before it get a hold of us. 
that's the last scripture, but I want to ask you and going over this stuff with strife. Did anyone see where strife played a part in your life? Where it has hindered you from doing what God would have for you to do? Anyone? Ooh, everybody's so free of strife. Okay, Julia? Can, can you come up here, please? You know I'm going to ask you to get the mic. I wouldn't say that. Um, like the, I don't know whether the word would be hinder, but I mean, it did <clears throat> show me like an issue that I know that I have. Um, I know everybody think I'll talk and I'll laugh. I mean, I do all of that stuff or whatever. But, like, if you hurt me, like, I don't necessarily tell you right then. You know, I'll, like, bury that hurt and I'll still laugh, talk to you, da-da-da-da. Then you hurt me again. And I'll get over it again. And, like, but when you keep, when it continues, one day I'll... I will blow up. I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, because I don't really know how to go to people. I'm not, I don't feel confident, that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess still dealing with that rejection, that person rejecting me if I go to them with the issue and everything. And just like Manny, when, say, he'll say something, you know, we could get in an argument about something or whatever, and boy, I might go back six months on him, like, <laughs> cause like, you know, that six months, I ain't dealt with that stuff. So that one time he strikes me right and he about to get, well, where did that come from? I thought we was dealing with this, but it just comes from me just bearing everything. But I'm, you know, a working process, you know, it's a stronghold I got to, God is going to deliver me from, but it did show me that. So how you handle it, Julia? From now on, how do you handle if a person hurts you then? How do you handle it? I'm supposed to go to that person. And y'all understand this. Sometimes people may not feel that they hurt you. Sometimes someone may say something that hurts you, but they're not aware of it for real. You have to make them aware. Can I see you for a second? What you said, it got next to me. And they'll be like, huh? What did I say? So that's y'all time to come together and say, you know what, I'm so sorry if that offended you. I was not saying that to offend you or hurt you in any way. But guess why that did hurt even though it was nothing to it because you've been hurt in that area before. So that other person that began to say something to you, the area you've been hurt before, it popped up, but it wasn't really from that person. It was from somebody else. So now you holding it against that person because of somebody else, and it goes through the line. So you don't wipe that person out. So we need to deal with this stuff, Kathy. Uh, Can you come up here?
Um, I just want to give you like a scenario the Lord gave me years ago mm-hmm. um, concerning like an aerosol can, you know, like uh, any like an air freshener can or any kind of can that has a spray nozzle on it. And on the outside that on you look at the fine print on the can, it says, do not puncture a put near extreme heat because, you know, there's a lot of pressure inside that can. And so the Holy Spirit reminded me um, years ago when my little brother, when my bro- younger brother was small, uh, they were, my daddy was burning trash in the backyard. And there was an aerosol can in the, on the fire. So remind you that the can said do not put near extreme heat, do not puncture. Well, that can got, was on the fire. And all that heat made that aerosol can um, come flying through the air because it got too hot, and it hit my brother upside the head. So we had to call the rescue squad for him. So I used that, <laughs> that scenario. When somebody has so much pressure build up on the inside, do not puncture them. Do not cause extreme heat on them because they might hurt you. So that's, that was an example the Lord showed me years ago. Amen. But understand, we as Christians, we should get rid of that stuff. If we holding it in, we are going to explode. That means nobody can come up to you and ask you nothing. And if you run up on a Christian that if you're saying hello or if you're asking them, um, can, you, um, can I ask you this right quick? I just need to ask you a question. Why are you asking me? Why don't you go ask Erica? So see, you know where it's coming from. That person is carnal. That person is walking in the flesh. Because see, the more you get into the word of God, you coming off milk. And you and me, you're not up for that mess no more. You ain't got time for that foolishness. So y'all, this teaching is coming in here because we need to empty ourselves. We need to search ourselves and say, Lord, am I a container for strife? Am I holding strife in my heart and don't know it? Have I held it so long that I don't even recognize it's there? Y'all, I was full of it. Lord knows I was. My husband, no. I would get on the phone and I would talk to people and I talked just as nice. And he asked me a question. I said, what? I done it. What? What? He said, you have to ask me like that. What are you talking about? But the Lord had to deal with me. I had to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, what's up with me when it comes to my husband? Why am I so irritated? Because he leaves the closet door open. He uses a toothpick. Why am I so irritated with this man? What is it? God said, it's you. Sometimes we pick the closest person to us that love us the most to throw our stuff off on them because we haven't dealt with what we need to deal with. So God had to deal with me, y'all, through the years to get me where I am today. And he's still dealing with me because sometimes I have to deal with people that don't want to deal with themselves. So I have to go back into the secret place and say, Lord, deal with me some more because this person here and he'll show me how to handle that person. He'll show me what the root is. But if you don't go to God and you don't go to his word, that means you want to stay in the same place. And the problem with the church is the word of God. 
If we stay in here, we wouldn't be so bound up and so stopped up with strife. But some of us not stopped up because we letting strife out. But what I'm saying is, it's time for us to get rid of these things, y'all. These things should not have a hold on us. Some people say this, don't say nothing. Stay out of it. Don't say nothing. Just keep your mouth closed. That's not the answer, y'all. I want to help my brothers and sisters. Just like Abraham did. I don't want this in between us. So let's talk about it. So we can get it right according to the word of God. We have more yet to come. Amen. Anyone have anything before we close? Okay, we good. Mr. Calvin, from the back, can you close us 